It's episode 29, season 3 of the Tom Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me again this week, Greg Taylor from Brazil. Otaji to the mundo. And making his debut, Connor Meneso from Chicago. How's it going? Hi, Connor. Right, before we talk about Millwall, um, as with any new guest, Connor, how and why did you come about supporting Spurs? How did you get bitten by the Spurs bug? <laughs> Yeah, so I, was, I grew up in upstate New York, and uh, we weren't a big soccer family, uh, as they say here. Um, but I was uh, studying abroad in Italy in 2013, and um, my friends brought me out to an Italian national team match, and I just fell in love with the sport. And so they were big uh, Tottenham fans, and, and I, I asked them to tell me about the club, tell me about why they fell in love with it, and I just fell in love with the way Spurs played, I fell in love with the fan culture especially. So from that point on, it became an obsession. And then you know, coming to Chicago, the Chicago Spurs support, uh, Supporters Club has been uh, amazing. And, and just the atmosphere around it has been so like enlightening. So I, I fell in love very quickly. And just because I'm curious, how, how do you come about listening to this podcast? Because obviously... You know, we're out there on on social media, and and, and it's downloadable via via iTunes, and 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 sometimes it's just word of mouth. Sometimes you know, uh, people sometimes sometimes people just just stumble across it. How do, how do you come about listening to the Tom Watts for Family podcast? Yeah, so for me, uh, uh, football and Tottenham in general has has always been like an obsession. Like I I try to I I get as much content as I can, and and so. I was just searching through the podcast and I was listening to every Tottenham podcast I could and, and I felt uh, uh, I really enjoyed the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. So I became a loyal listener about, I feel, a year and a half ago now. So Okay, excellent. And here we are today. Um, yeah. Right, um, Millwall. Um, that was quite a performance. I know, that, I know that there is an expectation for us to beat Millwall because... Uh, they're a League One side, um, um, and uh, you know, on paper we should beat them. But to beat them as convincingly as we did, six nil, and we're free to the semi-finals of, of, of the FA Cup. Um, uh, I, uh, Greg, um, that was quite some performance. Yeah, I mean. The way I look at it, I, I really want to say, I wish, he, I wish he was listening, but I really want to say, have you stopped crying yet, Danny Baker? <laughs> I mean, he's a Millwall, he was a Millwall man. I'm nothing personal against the guy, but he does sometimes on his show talk about Millwall, and he must be in tears now. Um, on social networks, I haven't seen much at the moment, but some people have said that Poch put out a weakened team, but I, I don't see that. Mm. Um, I mean, we had three of our benchmen starting, yeah. but that wasn't a weak team. 
I think we talked about it on the pod last week. Um, it was pretty much, I think, as I predicted, that Vaughan would possibly come in for Lloris, yeah. which he did. Trippier, um, who played really well against Fulham. Um, there was possibly a case for bringing him in and resting Walker. And the only other one was possibly Winks for, for Dembele, which is uh, what he went for. And otherwise, it was going to be the same team. The only change that I didn't foresee was he started Son for Ericsson. Um, and with hindsight, yeah, yeah. that was that, that was a, that was a, that 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 proved to um, be a good decision. But um, it was a strong team. Um, Connor, if I come to you, I, I, stand out sorry. stand up performances. Yeah, I mean, we came in with the right attitude, very confident, very aggressive, and and really ruthless throughout the game. The the backline played phenomenal. The attacking band looked constantly dangerous. And then uh, uh, Winks and Wanyama were all over the pitch today. So, I mean, all in all, the only the only shaky performance was Vorm a couple of times in goal. Looked very awkward with the ball at his feet, but otherwise didn't really, wasn't really challenged at all. So, I mean, from, from the front to the back, completely solid. Greg, sorry, you are about to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the golfing class was so apparent. You know, we mo- the way I thought of it, we, we moved the ball around like a bunch of school bullies tormenting the first-year kid <laughs> by not letting him have his school bag back. It, it was like that. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, they talk about men versus boys, and this really was. Um, the standouts, I think everybody played well, really. Mm. Um, I was, Vorm, I was very pleased with. To be honest... He worries me less when he gets a back pass than Loris does. Hmm. I mean, we, we've said before that Loris's distribution isn't the best, but sometimes it worries me when the, when the ball's actually going to him as well. But, but Vorm, I'm so comfortable today. I was, I was very happy with him. I thought um, Ben Davis had a very good game again. He's really yeah. starting to yes. establish himself. Look, he's not Danny Rose, but he 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 is starting to establish himself, and and I think we've got. I'd like to think that our fans now have a bit more confidence in him when they when they see the the the. Um, well, he, he he's the only choice. We've we've really got that left right now with, with with Rose being injured, but he looks solid. And yes, it was Millwall, but I thought he went forward a lot more. Um, benefits a lot, obviously having Jan playing there um who can who can dovetail and who can interchange with him what about that running dribble he did you know it was i don't know it was it was kind of a bit like sosoko did later on it wasn't what you expect uh davis to do it was just it was like they were just falling around him as he was plowing through and it, it was just a shame it didn't come off in the end but it was great to watch yeah and, and yeah. He, the, the one where he cut in on his right foot yeah yeah it went blistering through everybody. Um, well, you know, the, the other thing about Ben Davis is he's accustomed to playing in a back four, okay? And for for Wales, he plays when they play with their wing backs. He plays in a back three, so he's suddenly been asked to do something completely different. Play as a wing back, um, and and he's also not had a great deal of game time, so it's going to take him time to to adjust. But he's now showing. Yeah. 
showing his ability. Trippier on the right-hand side as well did, did really well. Um, I mean, I'd imagine for the next match against Southampton, Carl Walker will, 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 will come back, but Trippier didn't put, put a foot, foot wrong. How many other teams in the Premier League can say they've got two top-quality left-backs and right-backs in their squad? Um, I mean, you know, Trippier and if Trippier and Davis are the reserve fullbacks, they would probably get into most walk into most Premier League teams. Certainly, definitely, and it, it it's interesting because of the versatility that each of the four really has. I think as a wingback, that's Trippier's stronger position, but I, as you mentioned, for for Davis, is is certainly not his stronger position on the back line, but. Like uh, like Greg mentioned, those those cutting runs today were were tremendously impressive, and it's it's great seeing you know the verse you know the pressure that's put on uh, the right backs and the left backs and the and as wing backs in Puch's system. It's great seeing that we could potentially down the road um, uh, swap in Davis and Trippier when we're going to have Champions League middle of the yeah. week or whatever. Absolutely. Um, the other stand-up players for me, I thought, were Winks, was superb in midfield. Yeah. Really looked good. Yes. And, and isn't it good that we can just rest Dembele all together? Oh. <laughs> you know, with an eye to um, uh, the Southampton match next week. Um, Ericsson, when he came off the bench, he looked looked really good. Um, well, Ericsson was was heading was my man of the match until Sun kicked into gear. Yeah. And then he kind yeah. of. Whips, whips it off him because I was very impressed with Ericsson. I mean that that first goal, well, the first two goals, the first mm. first goal by Ericsson, that was a, such a bullet that the goalie didn't stand a chance. In fact, with five goals, the goalie didn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and the technique that's required to put in that yeah. that ball. I mean that yeah, Eric, I, I completely agree. Before before Son got the hat trick, I I was. Definitely on board for Eric. He just looked so dangerous the entire match. Um, and Son, I mean, he got a hat trick, but he could have had probably a few more. Um, he Definitely. was he 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 was was looking good. Um, did either of you uh, see the incident with Kane? Because it was one of those. Um, I was in the Paxton Road end, um, and and all I saw was Kane looking in discomfort, and I saw Ericsson getting changed to, to, to come on. So I, I didn't see the A, the incident, and, and I don't know what the severity is. Yeah. I, the, oh, go, go ahead, Greg. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, I was just going to say that um, it, was, it was a tumble. It wasn't a foul or anything. But unfortunately, as they both went to ground, I think, I think um, the, the Millwall player caught Kane with his knee, which... Moved his leg into an into a distorted position. I think that's what happened. Yeah, from from my view on the on the TV, it was Kane's right foot came in um, to plant on the ground, and the Millwall player was sliding across the uh, across the pitch, and Kane's ankle rolled underneath the Millwall player. So it was kind of like he was upright, but his foot was planted, and the Millwall player took out his ankle. It looked pretty. It looked pretty gnarly when when it happened, but the fact that he was up and walking on it seemed seemed better. But obviously, it's not. Yeah. He wasn't able to continue. Hopefully, he'll be back um, 
next week. I mean, I was thinking worst case scenario if he's not if he's not available next week, then after that we don't play a match for, for two weeks because of the international break. Um, part of me thinks that's not the end of the world if he's back by as long as he's back by the games in April because we've got two back-to-back away matches in April and then in fact lots of games after that of obviously FA Cup semi-final and there's a rearranged fixture against Crystal Palace and um, so I hope he's I hope plus, that, plus with plus with Jan, Janssen's goal as well getting his first goal from yeah, open play that was that I was mean, nice it was fantastic you could what you can see everybody on the pitch all the players they they wanted to congratulate him because and that was so nice to see. I, I think the fans were just the same as well. I imagine in, in the uh, in the ground. I mean, at home, I had no one to hug but my cat. But I was <laughs> I was happy for him. You um you you I believe that you um recorded your goal celebrations. Can we have a listen? Yeah, yeah, of course we can. Um, there, you'll, you'll actually hear some of the uh, Brazilian commentary in the background as well. You'll even hear a few goals. I think. <laughs> okay, let's let's play that now. What a fantastic goal! They didn't see that coming. Ericsson with an absolute bullet. Kane-esque. That was Kane-esque. Fantastic goal. What a goal from Son! Both goals have been absolute bullets so far. Their goalie has had no chance whatsoever. Honestly, that's probably the best goal I've seen Sun score. And another brilliant goal by Son. 3-0. We're not going to lose this now. And even when Deli Ali is having a little bit of a quiet game, he comes up and gets a goal. Jensen scores. Great pass from Son. I'm so happy, happy, happy for Jansen. He needed that. We didn't need it today, but oh, you can see all the players. They're so thrilled for him. I think all the fans will be as well. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Okay, it was an easy goal. Probably I could have scored it, but you had to be there. A bit scrappy at the end, but Son gets his hat tricks. Fucking brilliant. Woom, fan, there we go. The goalkeeper can't handle it, and it's in. Fantastic. Love it, Greg. I just had just a comment on Jansen's goal. I When, when he got subbed in, I wrote... You know, I wrote down in, in just some notes. What what would a goal mean for him right now? You know, we were up. Where it was, uh, he scored the fifth, right? So we were up four nil. You know, it's the end of the game, and his first touch was not great. Um, and then he comes in with a with a really impressive goal, to be honest, from open play. Like I think it looks like an easy tap in, but he kind of bent it with he bent it with power along the ground. So it was a really impressive goal. And then right after that, like not even a minute after that. You just see this boost in confidence he got, and he's you know he's going in. He, he he was just playing with as almost like a different person at that point. So I thought that this that moment could really be um, a turning point for him. You know, it, it is one goal in a match. He already sealed the victory, but I think just the confidence that comes with putting one in, getting that, getting off the mark in that way is. It, I I hope it. 
a turning point. Absolutely, and and with strikers, it's very much um, a confidence thing with them um, get, getting goals. You know, with with other players, a midfield player or a defender, they might go for a, a bad patch, and I'm not saying it doesn't go unnoticed, but with I think with with a with a goalkeeper and with a striker, it's magnified so much more. If a goalkeeper makes a, a, a blunder, it's magnified. Um, if if a striker is going for a spell and he's not scoring goals, people start to talk about it, and then psychologically it's going to play on his mind. So um, just to get that goal, as you say, I think will, will, will make a big difference. Um, I think he had a chance a bit, a bit afterwards, a header, which I yeah. I thought it went in. I actually yeah. celebrated it, and um, I'd be interested to see that again, because um, I, I thought it had gone in. But um, Yeah, it was directed. I, ce- like, I, right I celebrated it, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, I celebrated Wanyama's goal as well, which wasn't. <laughs> so I know how you feel. Um, just coming back to Winks, a um, question from our very own John Steggles, who says, Harry Winks, 99 passes attempted, 97 completed, 71 of them accurate forward passes. How good can he be? Um, well, I mean, I think you mentioned it, Jav, that you know it's good to have a player who can come in for Dembele, who I think is probably... In the system we play, probably one of the most important players for us. And to have a player who can be an understudy of that and can come in and, and replicate, you know, the the transmission the transition from the back line to the to the attack, be able to hold the ball up in midfield, be able to go anywhere on the pitch. I mean, I think it's absolutely vital that we have a player like this. And I don't think Dembele ever gets the respect he deserves at being, you know, a top quality player. So I think Winks is is phenomenal in general, but I think he's so vital to the way we play and to the progress uh, of the club. Yeah, I, I I think Winks, Harry Winks, gives the fans a lot of confidence as well. I mean, I, I, last week I think I said that I don't worry when he comes on. Sometimes in the past, when someone has been taken off and a substitute's come on. You're thinking, oh, I don't know, you know, what, what's that going to do to our game? But with Harry Winks, I have no, I have no worries at all. I, I, he's going to be an England regular in the future, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's technically very good, and, and I think he's got a, a confidence about him, a bit like a bit like Deli Ali, um, but in a different sort of, you know, we know yeah. we know that Deli Ali's got this sort of, he, he does the nutmegs and he's a bit cheeky and he's got a bit of a swagger. Um, uh, the, the, Winks is a very different sort of player. Um, he's technically very good. He's good, good keeping the ball, good bringing it, for, driving it forward. Good. At, there was one point um, in the second half where the ball came across to him, and he just sort of dropped his shoulder like Dembele. And um, his passing is good. His range of passing. But with all of that, with all of those attributes, there's a confidence that he's got that, that's, that's yeah. clear to clear to see. And it's not just like a one-off flash in the pan. So um, I, I've got every. I'm trying to avoid using other words than, than confidence, but I've got every confidence in him that he's he, he's going to go a long way. Um, and another um, point that John Steggles or question that he asked, and he said, "Was it proper nasty or naughty?" Um, so I was at the game, and um, beforehand there was lots of um, talk on social media, um, certainly amongst Spurs fans, about how. Um, you know, Millwall have got a certain rep- um, reputation. That, that's fair to say, and there was lots of talk about the scheduling of the game. Whether a two o'clock kickoff was was too late in the day? Should it have been earlier in the day, where um, 
people are going to drink less and there's less chance of trouble and that sort of thing had it been for example a midday kickoff and um in a sense when you're at the game um unless there's trouble in the stadium which these days it's very little in, in terms it's certainly in, in in England um in English football stadiums and unless you're caught up in it therefore it means it's going there's going to be some trouble outside and unless you're caught up in it which I wasn't um you're some some ways you're sort of insulated from 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 all of that because once you're in the ground quite often you don't have any reception so you can't listen to you can't go on twitter or facebook or whatever and and find out what's happening so i wasn't aware of any any incidents or certainly any major incidents um that seem to have passed over without any trouble which is good um one interesting um thing to note was so the millwall fans were um They've got a big banner which says "Nobody likes us, we don't care," or worth to that effect, and <coughs> they were quite vocal and created a good good atmosphere, which is which is good because that in turn um, meant that quite often, um, so the Tottenham fans, and I, don't, I don't just mean in 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 the Park Lane or in the East Stand, but even where I was in the Paxton, there was lots of singing um, from our fans. Um, I ho- hope that came across on TV. It did. It did. It, it did. was very loud. It did, yeah. Um, the Millwall players were a bit dirty, I've got to say. There was quite a lot of times where there were there were some nasty tackles and dirty tackles, and, and, and the referee seemed to pass it by and not give decisions our, our way. Um, the funny things, funny, funny moments were when we were singing... Um, you're just a shit West Ham, um, which was quite amusing um, because <laughs> um, Millwall and West Ham arrivals, so to mock them in that way was quite good. Um, the the Hey Jude one, your shit, was obviously sung. And then uh, right towards the, the end of the match, um, Tottenham fans were singing, okay, Sarah, Sarah, wherever we'll be, we'll be, we're going to Wembley. And after a period of time of us singing it, they started singing, okay, Sarah, and we were like, where's this going? And they're like, okay, Sarah, Sarah, wherever it will be, we're going to play Shrewsbury, um, which was quite um, amusing them, mocking themselves in that in that way. You know, we've got we've we've we're in a semi final at Wembley, and hopefully, if we can get to the final, another game game at Wembley. And they, <laughs> the reality for them is they probably got Shrewsbury next in in the league or somebody like that. Um, <laughs> All right, question from Ed Brad. Great, great professional win today. Who do the panel want in the semi-final? And could facing our first Premiership side in the semi raise questions of the team? So up until up until now, it's been fairly easy. We've had what three: Villa, Wickham, and um, uh, Millwall, um, who we play today, all at home. And we had Fulham as well, which was away from home, but. That, so all, all of our games have been in London, which is quite interesting. And obviously, semi-final will, will be in London at Wembley, and so will the final. Um, Connor, who do you fancy in the semi-final? If you could, if if you, you've got well, obviously Manchester City are there, Arsenal are there, and then tomorrow night we'll find out whether it's United or Chelsea who who make up the fourth team. The draw, by the way, is tomorrow. Tomorrow after that match. Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of. Spurs fans about this, and there's been a lot of disagreement. But I think you got to go Arsenal. You got to say we want to beat Arsenal on the way to some silverware, and I think the semifinals are the place to do it. I think the finals. I I mean, person me personally, I don't want to I don't want to play Arsenal in the in a final because it could just make it that much more. But I would like to see I would like to see us play Arsenal. Okay, Greg. 
Yeah, I, I'd agree. Um, if Man United don't get past Chelsea, I want the Gooners. Because um, I, th- I think they're vulnerable. And beating a non-league team 5-0 hasn't proved anything. Yeah. yeah. So if we do, if, incidentally, if, if we do get them in the semi-finals, um, we're playing them in the league on the 29th, which is a week later to when the semi-final is. So potentially we could have back-to-back games against Arsenal on the 22nd and, and, and 29th, or, or 21st, 22nd, that, that weekend. Um, I, I tell you who I don't want. I don't want United. Um, if they beat Chelsea, which they could do, I think the conventional wisdom is that, that away from home, it's, it's at Chelsea. Chelsea will, will win that. But I don't know. I think Mourinho... Mourinho know how, knows how to to win matches. He knows how to win cup ties. He proved that when he yeah. was at um, Inter Milan, um, beating um, uh, beating beating Barca, beating uh, Barcelona. Um, and, and we struggled against them in the League Cup. What was it two years ago? In that final, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's he knows how to um, he knows how to. Yeah, since well, put it this way, since 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 we beat them five three, um, he got the better of better of us in the in the in the league cup final, as you say. Um, we played them again in the league, um, and uh, last season I think when they were struggling and and we drew, and then this season he he's beaten us as, as well. So he he knows how to set teams up. Um, so in some ways, I don't I don't think they'll the most difficult in terms of their ability. I don't rate... A lot of people go on about um, Rooney and Ibrahimovic. Uh, I can't even say his name. Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic. Um, and... Zlatan. Um, Zlatan, yeah. <laughs> um, Pogba, who's just um, overpriced and over... Places. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I, I, I fear more what Mourinho could do in terms of tactically um, knowing how to win a match um, if you ask me I'd probably go 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 with you guys I'd probably say Arsenal um, I, I don't necessarily fully subscribe to the view that they that they will be the easiest team to I think on paper they are the easiest team to beat and they're certainly vu- vulnerable at the moment we all know that but I think that would all of that would go straight out the window because it's a North, yeah. it would be a North London derby and I think they would make it difficult but that being said I'd still prefer them to Either United or Chelsea or Man City. Having said that, I think we can beat any one of these teams on our day. We can beat any one of these teams, and um, I don't foresee any problem problems um, on that front. And that's why you want the you want the difficult matches on their way to silverware because that's what you point to. That's what that that's you you earn it that way. So I, I mean, people, there's a lot of chatter about about um, Wembley too. You know. Getting the easy run in and a and a at a difficult place for us to play, but I mean, at this moment right now, you have to say, bring it on, bring it on. We'll we'll take all comers, but, you know, whoever is unlucky enough to get us, we'll play. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the, uh, the, the, the the Premiership team. I mean, is that going to raise questions of our side? It's the first time that we've. No, we're second in the league. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All, all. I mean, if Manchester United don't don't beat Chelsea, then it's going to be the top four teams in the league. So, well, uh, where are Arsenal now? Are they fifth? I'm starting yeah, to they think fell to fifth. They yeah. fell to fifth because Liverpool. But anyway, but, 
anyway, it's the top table. It's the top table who are going to be in the semi-finals. So, and we've already beaten Chelsea and Manchester City this season. So, you know, what, what's to worry about? We can beat anybody on our day. Who cares if they're a Premier League team? Yeah, no, I, I don't see an issue. I mean, the, the, the thing is, right, um, when Arsenal won the FA Cup, I think the season before last, um, I can't remember, we, we, they won it back to back twice, and I don't remember which season it was, but they had a really easy run in all the way through, including the semi final. And then they played, I think it was Hull or Villa. And uh, oh, so, yeah, and, and, and that, you know what? That's sometimes the luck of the draw. When Tottenham last won the FA Cup in 1991, we had a whole load of teams, as I recall, we had Blackpool. Um, Oxford United, Blackpool away, Oxford United at home, Portsmouth away, Notts County at home in the quarterfinals. It wasn't until actually we played Arsenal in the semi-final that we played. Um, that that's sometimes the, the the luck of the draw that you're going to get drawn against easy teams. That's that's just the way it is. And and also, conversely, by the time you get to a semi-final, the chances are you are going to be playing a good team. Um, yeah. But um, the question I've got is who do all of these other teams fear the most, and I think it's us. I think we're the team that can, that, and we've proved it against Man City at home and Chelsea at home, um, and and we're more than a match for Arsenal. And um, guess what? We're playing at home again <laughs> at yeah, Wembley, albeit exactly. sort of. Um, so I, I don't see any any issues. Um, a question: what, What's going to happen next season if if we yeah. if we are playing at Wembley? And then we get to FA Cup final, the League Cup final at Wembley or the semi-finals. It's going to be a home draw for us. Yeah, no. What are uh, they going to do? Are they going to farm it out to Old Trafford and nah, somewhere it, else? It, do it? I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, um, in Scotland, um, I think one year Celtic Park was being redeveloped and Celtic were playing games at Hampden. Um, and they still played their cup finals there. So it's... I, I, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna change anything. Hmm. Um, question from Nicky Merritt. He says, "Who do you think we will face in the FA Cup final?" I have so no for... idea. I love her <laughs> confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know who we will face, but I I would love to see us play either United or Chelsea. I mean, I I I don't think City would be as interesting a matchup. To me but yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know who will face um yeah I, I yeah I think she's um planning on possibly coming coming over she's quite <laughs> op, 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 optimist about that one um right uh, let's just look at next week we've got Southampton um next next Sunday um final of final one of her four um it's been four, yeah, four consecutive home games we've we've had over the last month, and it's the final league match before the international break. Now, Southampton were the last team to beat us at White Hart Lane in all mm. competitions, um, which they did on the final final league, sorry, our final home league match, our penultimate game of last season. Um, can we do it, or are they going to prove it, prove a tough test? Um, I mean, I think they're a team that on, you know, on their day, they're a very good squad. But very recently, they got torched by West Ham, right? And they got dominated by Arsenal. And they also just got beat by Swansea. So, I mean, I, I think on their day, as they played uh, against United in the, uh, in the Cup final, I mean, they, 
they can do a, a lot of good things. But I think we should be able to go in there and, or go you know, at White Hard Lane dominate. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we're on a high. We're in tremendous form. And I don't see any reason why that shouldn't continue, even without Harry Kane. I mean, hopefully it's not going to keep him out for long, but he'll probably miss next, miss the Southampton match anyway. Um, do we know if Danny Rose might be back? I think April um, is when they oh, say he'll be, yeah. he'll, be, he'll be back. But um, we don't seem to be missing him at the moment. <laughs> no, I, I, I think we've got enough in we've got enough in, in reserve to um, take him apart. Um, I'm thinking maybe three one to us, four one. I don't know why I'm giving them a goal. I just feel charitable. I think um, that I mean they've uh, they got to a cup final. Um, they've lost the cup final a bit like ourselves a couple, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, you can be a bit deflated after that, um, and your season can start to fizzle out. So um, I don't think that they're the force. I know they've got to a cup final, but I don't think that, that, that they're the force that they were under Koeman or or a certain Mr. Pochettino before that. Um, <laughs> that they're a decent decent side, and they've actually exceeded my expectations because I think for one of the very first podcasts we did this season, and um, there was a question about which teams that which three teams did you think would get relegated, and I had Southampton down in there, um, and I was ridiculed for saying as such, um, uh, and rightly so because they are still. That, that you know they're nowhere near um, uh, a team that's fighting relegation, um, but I think they're yeah they're they're mid mid table. They're not going to qualify for Europe. Um, I don't see them causing a problem. Um, they're tenth in the league, right? I, I believe so. Something like that. I don't. I don't. I think they're out of the. Um, I, I think I think they're they're not in, at the moment in the running for um, the whatever it is, the sixth or the seventh um, spot, sixth spot that gets you in, gets you into the Europa. Um, okay. Right, we've got some more questions in the second half of the podcast. Um, but before we look at those, um, as ever, here's Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies Update. Hello, Spurs-type people. So it's Bex here with the Ladies Update for this week. Girls played today. They played at Charlton in Thames, which is at Thamesmead, um, and did really rather well. They came away 1-0 winners, which away to their closest rivals and one that the team admit other team that they always wish to beat, then um, that's pretty damn impressive. So a 1-0 uh, win, goal scored by Wendy Martin, who, as we all know now, scores when she wants. Um, and with my appalling maths, I believe that currently puts the girls top of the league. So let's be quite clear, they are unbeaten as yet this season. And they are top of the league. Isn't that a wonderful sound? Wouldn't we like that for the boys team as well, just to balance things out? Anyway, so that was today. They um, play next Sunday, which is the 19th of March. And that's in the Women's FA Cup. That's the fifth round. It's at a place called Boreham Wood, if anybody knows. I'm presuming it's Gunnerville World, um, as the game is against Arsenal Ladies. It's a two o'clock kickoff. Should be quite good, um, although... Arsenal and Spurs, because they are so widely differing in their leagues, um, the Guna ladies play in WSL 1, so that's two leagues above Tottenham. So it should be quite a good game for the girls all round. Um, looking forward to it, actually. It should be quite entertaining. 
I appear to have run out of things to say, which is quite rare. So uh, I'll let Jav carry on with the rest of the podcast. Hope you all enjoy it. Any questions for me, I am on Twitter at Bunches Bex. Cheers then. Bye-bye. Welcome to the second half of the Tom Watson Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, let's finish off with a few more questions. Michael o- o- O'Connell asks, an FA Cup win, nice to have a bit of silverware, or would you rather finish second in the Premier League above the Woolwich Nomads? I want both. I'm greedy. <laughs> yeah. And I think we're capable of both. But for the players, I suppose they take third and the FA Cup, because it would be nice for them to have some winners' medals to show their kids and things like that. Um, but in that situation, my proviso would be to let Man City have second place. I don't want the Gunners, the Gunners ahead of us. No. Are you? If um, we have to be third, let Man City be second. Are you a have-your-cake-and-eat-it kind of guy? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could say that, especially if it's chocolate cake. Um... Okay, Connor, which one would you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the I think the question sets it up as an or, so I'll, I'll give it the or. Obviously, both is the ideal, um, but I take the silverware. I mean, I, I think let the young players, the young squad, get a taste of success, just so, you know, a little bit, and I think that propels them on to bigger and um, and better things at the club. So, you know. You don't tell your children about the time we finished second. You know, you tell them about the silverware, the league, the uh, the league wins, Champions League, things like that. So I, I take the silverware. Um, I t- I take the silverware and as well the FA Cup. Um, and but I still think that I don't. Some fans think, oh, well, you should, given the choice between finishing, for example, um, fifth or sixth. And winning the FA Cup, or the take the FA Cup all, all day long because it's a trophy, and 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 that's what people talk about, and and so forth. I think that the 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 football age that we live in at the moment, I think, unfortunately, coming fourth does matter. Finishing fourth, um, uh, there aren't any prizes for it, but but it's 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 really important to be in that Champions, to, to you know, to qualify for the Champions League. You can be flippant about it and then say um, that we put all this effort to win a comp to qualify for a competition that we're crapping um but that uh, again that's that's just people being flippant because um the reality is a lot of english teams um there are some exceptions exceptions and arguably we were maybe an exception when we qualified for the champions league a few years ago under harry redknapp but that was like a one season thing and, and leicester to some degree this season where teams that enter the first season they they exceed expectations, but generally it takes a long time. So it's going to take us a long time to to succeed in that competition or, or do ourselves um, justice. And the only way we're going to get there is by continuously qualifying each season. So I think top four is really important. So for me, I want us to win a piece of silverware. Um, I'd like us to finish second. Ideally, you know, if, if, if the league title's out of question, then I'd like us to finish second or, or third, worst case. Um, the thing about... Uh, I'm not really. I must be a minority in this. I don't, I don't really care where we finish in relation to Arsenal. I hate them. I absolutely hate them. And co- of course, I'd like to finish above them, um, bragging rights and all of that. But it, I don't see our progress relative to how they do, how well or how badly they do. I couldn't give a flying fuck about them. Um, I, d- 
I, I don't think it's a, it's a thing about our progress compared to them. I think it's more that it's like a thorn in our side that we need taking out. Yeah, I, I, possibly, but I, I just don't... I just think, for me, I the most important thing is us making progress, whether that's winning trophies or finishing high, as high as we can in, in, in the league. If it so happens that we win a trophy and let's just say we finish um, third again, but, but, but win an FA cup and they sod the law, they finish second above us. Of course I'd hate that, but um, we've come a long way as a club Um uh, in comparison to them anyway yeah it, it's frustrating it's it's annoying but um i don't see it as anything psychological i don't i just i don't care about them you know if it happens then great we'll have the bragging rights and, and I'll, I'll i'll love it but i don't i don't set out at the beginning of the season and think wouldn't it be nice to finish above arsenal no it would be nice if we if we won a trophy it'd be nice if we won the league that that's for me the priority and if we happen in the process to finish above them then fantastic but it's not the be all, be all and end all um, for me um, talking of finishing in the league Sam Moore says where, where do you think we'll finish in the league second or third <laughs> I would think um, top four definitely um, ju- just going back for a second back yeah. to that previous question um, the thing is that the FA Cup we know it hasn't got its prestige that it had before but you were talking about progress, and I want my team to be feared by other teams. And winning the FA Cup isn't going to do that. Being consistently a top four, top three, hopefully top two or even winner of the Premier League, that's going to make teams fear us because we, we have consistency then. I mean, you, you have to win, what is it, six games to win the FA Cup? Whereas with the league, you've got consistency, and, if, and that's what we're getting now. We, we are becoming a team that frightens other teams. And I just want that to keep on keep on growing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Connor, league league place. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's second. I mean, ten points in eleven matches seems like a lot to make up to get to first, especially when you know we have Arsenal and United, Chelsea have United City, but pretty much the remainder is just mid table teams. Not much to play for. Both us and Chelsea should be able to batter them pretty easily. So, I, I mean, I think we'll be in a fight with City for second. Um, and I think Arsenal drop it outside top four. But I think the the rest, United, Liverpool, will play, it, play itself out. Mm. Um, I fully expect us to finish second, um, simply because I predicted the last season would win, would win the league, and up until Jan- January, February, I was saying that, and um, that's not a realistic thing, so I've got to, I've got to now I'll go for the next thing down, which is um, second. Um, another question question from, from, from Nicky, from Chandlersburg, Nicky Merritt, who says, I know it's a long way off, but if you could, um, don't overthink the where and how, who would you sign to be backup for any of our key players? Is there anyone who has stood out so far this season? And if so, why? So I I actually thought this was a really interesting question um, because I think it hinges a lot on where we see the club going next year. Is this back three uh, going to be the mainstay? Are we going to be switching back and forth between the back four and the back three? Or are we just going to revert completely to the back four? And I think it dictates a lot of the type of player we need as a rotational player. The flexibility we need, the type of player in general. Um, 
I looking at the players that we've been linked with like heavily over the last year, Zaha, Barkley, Isco, um, and a little bit Thielmans, uh, I I'd see them more as replacements for players that that leave. Um, but I think of good signings that we should really be targeting, positions that are important, are either an additional center back or a replacement for uh, Kevin Vimmer um, and a center forward uh, type player. I think bringing in a player that's similar to Sun, a player that can play kind of on the wing off the, uh, the center forward or a more traditional striker is kind of ideal. And recently they've been linking us to Martial from United, who seems to want out. But I think buying in the Premier League is not something that's likely to happen. But I think center back and center forward are two positions that uh, that we should really be targeting. Mm. Uh, yeah. Greg, any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I normally have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think we're more or less sorted in defence. Um, I mean, Vaughan is great as a reserve goalkeeper, and he seems, at the moment, he certainly seems okay with it. Uh, I mean, how many other Premier League teams have a reserve keeper of his standard? I don't think they yeah. have, really. Um, and as I say, our, our, our defence is really good. Um, Vimmer, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried too much about him. I think he's OK. I mean, if he wants to go, then he has to go. Well, he wants to go, but you know, I'm not looking to kick him out the door. Um, in attack, maybe, maybe get the, the Dembele twin. Wissa Dembele from, from Celtic. Well, we, 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 we missed the trip there because we were linked with him last season and we yeah, could have got, exactly, could have gone exactly. on the cheap and now he's scoring for Celtic. And um, uh, Lamella, is he surplus to requirements? Yeah. Oof. No, definitely not surplus to requirements. I mean, but I, I, think think we still need, I think we still need Janssen. I think we should have yeah. three strikers. But... I think it depends on this thing about Lamella's injury because hip injuries are, are, are remarkably difficult to get over and let's hope it doesn't kill off his career because he's a real talent and, and we, we, we could really do with him. We, I mean, we're, survive, we're surviving, we're coping well without him at the moment but if he could come back, he would add a little something. Um, but if just, worst just situation... Okay, Just a quick, uh, quick comment on, on Lamella, because I think this is like a really interesting player that, that illustrates kind of the point, is in, our, in the lineup we ran out today, you know, Lamella doesn't really fit into any of, you know, into the, the Sun or Ali position, um, or, well, where Sun started before Kane went off. I mean, I, I think in the, in the 4-2-3-1, Lamella is a tremendous player and is certainly not surplus to requirements. But I don't really see a natural fit for him in the in the three four two one. So I, I mean, I think that's where the the decision about the type of player we need to be keeping really comes into it. Well, well what I was going to say is is that if if Lamella doesn't play for us anymore, as as Connor mentioned, Zaha from Crystal Palace maybe. But I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Lamella, unsurprisingly. Yeah, Zaha's been one we've been linked with. I, I mean, I would say that we've got Edwards coming through. Um, 
Uh, and, you know, he got a little bit of a run out against Gillingham, and that's it. And he hasn't had a chance. But hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully, um, that's him. There's, a, there's another player who, who, whose name escapes me um, at the moment. Um, uh, it was recently, I was reading on social media um, that one of one of the young players. Uh, I mean, he's a striker, um, but he, he is a striker. But his name name completely escapes me at the moment. Um, is it Sterling? Possibly. Is it Sh- uh, Shia yeah. Harrison? No, right. not it's, it's uh, Sterling. You're right. Yeah, Kazia Sterling. Kazia Sterling. So apparently he's going to be trained. Uh, Pochettino said training with Kane better than alone um, for Kazia. Now I don't know if that means that. Yeah, well, if, if if we take that at face value, then that's what he did with Winks and and Onoma, Although Onoma doesn't seem to be making the breakthrough, um, and with Edwards, so um, maybe some of these players will, will will come through next next season the same way that that, that Winks has. Um, I know this isn't realistic, but I can dream. I would like us to sign Gareth Bale. Um, why not? I was going to mention him as well, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? If we signed Bale in the summer and nobody else, I'd be quite happy with that. Um, keep keep <laughs> Lamella, keep Janssen, and then play. And Bale can play. You can play him as a off a striker. You can play him as a striker. You can play him anywhere. As a really. wing back. As a, yeah, as a wing back if you really want to. You know, he, he could. And his game, I know he's now, what, in his late 20s. His game could still develop, though. If he signed for us, um, it's probably going to develop more under Pochettino than than, than it will at Real Madrid. I uh, I can't see it myself because he's happy there and Ronaldo's getting on. And when Ronaldo eventually hangs up his boots or starts to play less for them, then then and it's already maybe happening to some degree. Bale is going to start to take more of a um, central role for them but it, it just requires you know for a new manager to come in or the fans to get on, on, on the back of him um, and or he could miss living living in England so I, I, I'd love it if we signed Bale um, final question Richard Healy um, the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast have just bought a pub near White Hart Lane near the new stadium um, it needs modernising what ne- name what new name would you give it? So um, we had a few comments from, from listeners. Richard himself said said um, Poch's pad. Um, and then we had a few comments from, from Ed Brad, which were Kane's, Lashes, Levy, Lounge, or my favourite, Toby's Tavern. Can you be better than that? Better than that? I think I can. <laughs> I've, I've got two. I thought of Ledley King's Tavern. Mm-hmm of the King's Tavern thing but my favourite that I thought of was the Cockerel's Roost yeah, <laughs> I think that would be a really good one yeah I, I think you have uh, you have your winners there but I also came up with two um, uh, Delhi's Handshake was one and uh, A Pub of Our Own was the other one that I came up with so. I, I actually I, yeah I like, I like Delhi's Handshake P- Pub of Our Own is quite good um yeah, but what? Daddy's handshake sounds like it should be above the door of the gents. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds also Masonic, like a, a Mason's Freemason's handshake. But um, a pub of our own sounds quite good. Um, I had a, just a quick comment going back to kind of um, uh, the t- the transfer targets and the um, and just the way we play today in general. I think the one the one difficulty we find in the transfer market is it's difficult. 
to bring in a player that is going to make an immediate impact just because of the way Pochettino sets up and the way he wants to play, the high intensity, the pressing. And I think one thing that made it, uh, that made it easy for us to dominate today's game was every time uh, a Millwall player got the ball in their own half, what they wanted to do was turn around and immediately break on the counter, throw a long ball up to, uh, to Morrison or Gregory and try to knock it down. And every time they got the ball and made that turn, there was someone right in their face. And it turned them, it turned them back facing goal, and it pushed them backwards, and it, and it just completely slowed down the way they were playing, which was crucial because at most times in the game, we had nine men in their half. So I think when it comes to targeting the transfer market, you not only have to find a player who can play our style, can can um, can play or is the type of player we want, but you need someone who has some experience uh, playing in that um, in that setup. I think that that's a very good point. Um, but I mean that that in a sense, getting it's not just about getting the the um, getting the player. Who you know, ticks you, you, the, a good signing is one that, t- that that ticks all the all the boxes. The one that, as you say, can, can fit into Pochettino's way of thinking. Um, yeah, and that it's very difficult well, to. You've really got to do your homework, and I don't think fans sometimes appreciate that. It's that anyone coming in has really got to fit into the culture as well, because. Yeah. This this team is not just a team; it's a community. Yeah, and and they they have to they have to settle into that community. And they've also got to be prepared to okay. So f- just coming back to the fans, um, the, the fans have got to be patient. There's an expectation that that, that signing is going to hit 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 the ground running, which they don't always do. But um, back to your point, Greg, about uh, uh, fitting in and and a community. If you new players have also got to. Um, be able to come in and be patient and understand that perhaps yeah. they're not going to play every week. Going back to the example you gave of, of Vorm, how many how many teams can have a sort of second um, teams the Premier League can have a second goalkeeper as good as, as, good as Vorm? It's not not just that; it's how many have got a player of that ability, but that's quite happy to buy this time. And and when he real when he he knows he's got somebody like Larice ahead of him, the fullbacks that we mentioned. Um, the uh, earlier yeah. part of the pod, um, we've got great options there, but they know that Trippier and Davis know that they're playing second fiddle, um, and they've got to be patient. But although equally, um, Walker and Rose know that if they if they if their performances drop, then they've got two good fullbacks that can come in, and Pochettino isn't scared to scared to to, to rotate players or drop players. Yeah, and I think. Uh a point off that is also that the reason our academy is so successful and academies under Pochettino are so successful is because, and you hear the players talking about this, that they know that if they put in the work, if they build themselves as a player, if they grow and they're showing the promise and they're showing the potential, they're going to get minutes. So a senior player that comes in um, a player from the outside could disrupt that culture. If they come in as a starter and take the place of maybe they take minutes away from younger players who are trying to grow into that position. 
So have you, have you just unsigned bail for me? <laughs> <laughs> there goes my dreams of anyway. Um, on the back on back, back on the uh, on the final question from Richard Healy on the pub. So I came up with um, the cockerel, um, nice. or the giant cock. <laughs> um, uh, and then I ran out of ideas. Wouldn't, that wouldn't be a family pub, then, would it? <laughs> mm, well, it depends on which, which way you, you know, which way you in, in, well, I, interpret I, that. Um, I, I grew up in Maidenhead, and there was a there was um, a pub, a country pub. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember the, the, the little village. It was a very small village, and the pub there was called the Whippet Inn, <laughs> and. It actually sold cider, so you could ask for whip it in cider. <laughs> but to um, but to 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 take the um, the vulgar edge off it, they used to have stuffed whippets and paintings of whippets in the pub, so nobody could actually complain. But it was it was a, it was a laugh. We used to say it was even made it into the national papers at one point. There you go, whippets. Right um, on that bombshell. Um, Thank you, Greg, as ever. You're welcome, mate. Connor, thank you for thank you for joining us. Cheers. Um, we will be recording the next pod um, a week today, Sunday evening, um, after the Southampton match. Um, as ever, the future is bright. The future is lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.